You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi there, you're listening to episode 187 of the Blended Family Podcast. Things are going okay over here. I'm actually getting ready to head out of town for a wedding. My cousin's getting married up in New York this weekend, so really excited about that. And I'll get to see my family, which I really only get to see about once a year if I'm lucky. So this is a treat for me. I'm not looking forward to the cold weather again, but I've packed plenty of warm clothes, so I should be okay. I've got another co-host joining me today to chat. These shows have been a godsend to me because it takes me a little less time to produce, and I'm finding many of you are really enjoying hearing from other people. So thank you so much to those who have participated, and to those of you who haven't yet, I would love to have you on the show. You don't need anything special to come on with me, just a desire to share your story and help other families by doing so. And if you still aren't sure, just schedule a call with me and we can talk about it. And to do that, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule, choose the option called mini session, and we can have a discussion. Next, I have a sponsor today. You've heard me talk about Teamy Blends before, and I've tried their detox tea and so did Sean, and we both love that. It was fantastic. Well, now they sent me a green tea detox face mask, which I was super excited to try, especially with this wedding coming up. I'm not great with my skin routine, and I never really know what to buy. My skin can be both oily and dry at times, and the stress lately has caused me to break out all over. So this mask is made with matcha tea, bentonite clay, and lemongrass, and it has tons of benefits for your skin. The tea pulls out the toxins in your face. The antioxidants in it help to repair damaged skin. While the clay leaves you with a beautiful, healthy glow. So I applied it on my face while I was finishing up dinner tonight. I let it dry for about 15 minutes. It tingles a bit, which is the mask working to pull out the toxins out of your skin. And then I just rinsed it off in the shower. It smells wonderful, and it left my face feeling really fresh and clean. And I also had my stepdaughter try it, and she's got problematic skin. She's really into face masks and skincare, so I wanted her opinion. And she said her acne was completely dried out when she washed it off of her face. So she absolutely loved it. And I honestly can't wait to try it again. I will definitely be adding this to my routine a few times a week for sure because it was so easy and it left my face feeling so good as long as I can pry it out of my stepdaughter's hands. So if you want to try this mask, go to teamyblends.com and that is T-E-A-M-I-B-L-E-N-D-S, teamyblends.com. And use the promo code BLENDEDFAMILY in all capital letters for 15% off. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the rest of their amazing products like the Detox Tea and many others. Once again, that is teamyblends.com, promo code BLENDEDFAMILY. 
Okay, I don't have many other announcements today. I'm actually getting ready to finish packing and get things checked off on my to-do list before I leave. I probably won't have another show before Thanksgiving, so I definitely wanna let you all know how truly thankful I am for each and every one of you. I love you all so much, and I hope you have an amazing day with your blended families. I believe that gratitude is essential to living a good life, so I hope you take the time this Thanksgiving to focus on what you're grateful for. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, which helps me out a lot, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks, so please enjoy this discussion I have with a fellow listener. I am so excited today to welcome Courtney to the show, who will be my co-host today. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you here today. So let's start by learning a little bit more about you. So tell us about your blended family. Um, Well, I have two daughters from a previous relationship, and my husband um, has a son. So his son is 12, and then my girls are 14 and 7. Wow. And we've been together for about two and a half years. Two and a half years. So tell me how you Mm -hmm. met. (laughs) <laughs> we met off Tinder, um, and we just hit it off right away. Well, I say that. we I actually sent him to the wrong restaurant <laughs> on our first date, so that was pretty memorable. Um, but we, we met up, and we clicked, and you know we became really good friends and built a relationship from there. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how it, how it all started. It's so funny because a lot of people now are meeting through online dating and people always have that same answer. It's like they do a little giggle and they say we met on Tinder. And it's so funny because some people feel weird about that, but I think it's amazing. And I think it's actually a really great way to meet somebody even more than just meeting them out. Because at least on something like that, you kind of get to know each other a little bit, even before you meet and you learn a little bit about one another and see if you're compatible before, you know, you walk up to somebody in a bar or anywhere, you don't know anything about them. So I actually think it's a great idea to do online dating, especially with children and blended families. So that's pretty cool. And uh, I know you have a little bit of an interesting story with your engagement. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, um, (laughs) we've been talking about getting married for a while and, you know, a little bit about us, you know, we had already done our premarital counseling, um, through another church. We'd met with our pastor. And so we've had some family stuff going on, which will come up eventually. And so we just decided to get married. So we, uh, or he, um, text the pastor Saturday night, asked him if he would do it. And he said, yes. <laughs> and so I didn't know until Sunday morning that it was a for sure thing. <laughs> so I got the confirmation that at one forty-five on Sunday, the 14th, October 14th, that we would be getting married. And, um, which was pretty cool. Cause he actually proposed. Cause I said, you still have to propose <laughs> even though we agreed to do this. So I had, um, gone out that Sunday actually to go see one of my clients and had come home and he had, um, candles lit and the kids had signs and he asked me to marry me in front of the kids. And, you know, they were videotaping and crying and it was just a really magical moment because everybody was involved. And, um, that's, that's the way that we like to do things is keep our family connected. So it was a really awesome experience. And then we showed up at church and, um, we had invited just a couple of people, 
Um, but then our whole entire life group ended up being there and it was just a really awesome experience. So I felt very blessed to have that. And eventually we'll have a big party to include all of our family cause they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of hard because we felt bad, but you know, for us personally, we just felt like, you know, we're, we're believers and we're Christian. Um, you know, that's our faith based. And we just felt like, hypocrites in a sense mm-hmm. that, you know, we're telling our kids to live this certain life, but we're living together and we weren't being great examples. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to show them that we were truly committed to this family and, you know, just being a family. So we, we just went ahead and got married and, you know, we'll figure out the rest later. Well, congratulations on your new marriage. That's wonderful. And I think that the story is beautiful. I love how you involved the kids. Uh, Sean did that for us, too. We were together for a really long time, actually, before we ended up getting engaged. And when when he proposed, he also made sure that all of the kids were there. And that was just really nice. And I agree with you. It's It's very magical when the kids are there and when they approve of what's going on. So it's wonderful. Um, So let's talk about the kids a little bit. Uh, And first, I want to start with yours. So you have the two daughters, you said are 14 and seven. And how Mm -hmm. are how are they doing? Like, how does everybody get along in the family? You know, I gotta say that I think it's because we've had kind of this transition from the beginning of our relationship, we didn't bring the kids in right away. You know, we worked on us and then I slowly met his son and then he slowly met the girls and then we slowly started doing things together. Um, and I think with the age ranges, that's been helpful as well and having a mix of boys and girls. So mm-hmm. the oldest two, I mean, they all get along great. Let me just say that they do. Sometimes the oldest two um, team up together a little bit and leave out the younger one. You know, mm-hmm. she's seven going on 17. <laughs> and, um, but for the for the most part, they get they get along really well. I gotta say, even though that she is like I said, seven going on seven, she's pretty mature for the most part. You know, there's some whininess that we're still working on. You know, living, you know, having one parent style in one home, and then another parent parenting style in another home. It's like you get things corrected, <laughs> and then they go away for the weekend, and then you're retraining all over again. Totally. So that's kind of where we're at on the younger one, um, and. So for full disclosure, my, my two have two different dads. And so the youngest one, her dad is involved in her life. And then my young, my oldest one, her father is not. And so that in itself has been a struggle, um, you know, because she sees, well, first of all, you're, you've been abandoned, you know, in a mm-hmm. sense. And, you know, as much as I've tried personally to encourage a relationship there, um, it, it just, it hasn't worked. Um, and so, you know, we, there's a lot of anger and frustration and, um, that goes along with that because she doesn't understand or, nor do I, you know, how, how you can just ignore the fact that you have a child. And so that's been hard because, you know, I don't always know how to communicate with her. Our personality styles are different and, but that's where Chris comes in because Chris has the same personality as Olivia. And so he kind of fills in those gaps, you know, and we actually had a meltdown. I don't want to say, yeah, I guess a meltdown the other day, you know, it's just frustration. And she has every right to be angry and frustrated. I'm even frustrated for her, you know? Um, 
Well, she's also 14, and that's a really difficult age alone in itself, whether you have your parents involved in your life or not. It's a very difficult age to be. I mean, I know we've been through it. Uh, We've we've passed the 14-year-old mark, but we've still got the two 15-year-olds and their girls, and the emotions are so high and the drama and everything just alone as it is. And then for her not to have her dad there, but I'm really glad that she's got your husband, and so they get along well. They do. They get along awesome. And, you know, I was just so proud that that night that she was just having just her moment, which, you know, and um, he's like, you know, I'm just going to he doesn't pretend to be him, but he just was like, you know, I'm just going to try to love you that much more so that you can forget about him, you know, and just, you know, and it's that's one thing as a mom that you've always wanted is somebody that's just going to love them unconditionally. And he goes, you know, I want you to have my last name. You know, um, so, but that's got to be on her terms. You know, I want her to do that, but I want her to, she's got to make that choice and I'm not going to force that on her, but he and I have both made it perfect. Well, he made it clear first that, you know, he wants, he's, that's hers or that she is his and, um, he wants her to have his last name. Um, but she has to, you know, she, we don't want to force anything, of course. Yeah, so. well, it takes a real man to step up and do that. I think that's wonderful. Has her dad been out of her life forever, or was it recently? Always. I Always. mean, he's only seen her one time, and that's because I brought her to his work after, you know, after she was born. And I have a somewhat relationship with her, with his um, dad and stepmom and his sister. Okay. Um, they're on my Facebook, you know, but they live in Ohio. We're in Texas. You know, we saw them last summer. She also has two half sisters, um, you know, and we met them for the first time. So, you know, I try, you know, if we're up in that area, I make every um, opportunity, you know, to go see them even if it's for an hour and we're driving, you know, we literally drove from, from Texas to Indiana and then we hop back on the road for three more hours just so that we could see them. So I will do whatever it takes for my daughter to have that relationship because I, as a parent, I mean, to see your kid in pain, it's unbearable. Mm -hmm. And I would, there's, you know, I can put away my own, thoughts and feelings or whatever regarding the whole situation, um, for her own, you know, for, for her to have closure or whatever that she needs, you know, with, without a question, you know, she comes for, well, of course. And, and I know that you have her in therapy and I think that you should keep doing that. And hopefully as things progress with her and Chris and the relationship with your family, hopefully she will feel more comfortable and she'll understand that it's okay that bio dad's not around because she was blessed with a great stepdad and that's just wonderful. And not everybody gets that opportunity. So that's really good. Let's, let's move on and shift and talk about your husband's son who is 12 and you guys just recently gained custody with him. And I know that it was a battle and I know that you've been going through some stuff. So can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, we, we started the process. Well, let's see. Um, about a year ago in February, we were notified that CPS was involved due to the fact that his mother and, um, her boyfriend, um, was on drugs and, um, and then about physical abuse. And so they, they, they actually were kind of far away. They moved back to town and now are living with her parents. And so, 
um, we actually tried to do this outside of court because, you know, we're getting an attorney and all that's not cheap. And she refused. And then we found out that she was refusing CPS services and refusing to do drug testing. And they allowed this man that they actually moved her away from that was abusing her. They moved him back into the home and the grandparents' home. So um, we just, we're done. We're not going to play games. And we went and got an attorney. Thankfully, we had some family to help with this situation. And um, so we, uh, as of the 19th, 16th of this month, or October, excuse me, uh, we, temp- we have temporarily, temporary full custody of him right now. Um, CPS is still currently involved with their investigation, um, and we will be going back to court here in a couple of weeks regarding that situation. So it's not fully done, but we definitely have things moving in our direction. Um, the judge was not happy with her. Um, she continued to lie in court, and it, it, it was very evident that she was doing that, and she was about to perjure herself in court. So um, I feel like things are going to stay in our direction. It's just hard, you know, because he still is going to have that relationship with his mom. And so we've got to put our own personal feelings aside and um, try to figure out how we can still continue to co-parent with this situation. Um, I think has been our hardest struggle, you know? Um, but I think having him with us pretty much full time, except for every other weekend and granted they're in the grandparents home. So we have a little bit more trust there, but, um, yeah, it's been a little bit difficult with that one. So it sounds very difficult. And anytime there are drugs or alcohol involved, it just really, complicates things and makes things very painful. So so when he goes over there, there's it's not supervised visitation, but grandparents are there, so that makes you feel a little bit better. Um, how is he coping with the recent change in custody? Your son, I mean your stepson, how is he doing with it? I feel he's doing really good. Um, he's, he's had to grow up really fast when he was living out there with his mom. It seems like he was pretty much raising his sister, who is seven, so she's the same age as my youngest. And, um, so he's very smart. He's very mature, but we are going to get him in counseling as well. Um, it's just been a little bit of a longer process because of court documents and things of that nature. But yes, we will get him in cut. But I mean, for the most part, I think it's been okay. I mean, he doesn't, he hasn't said anything. He hasn't had any signs of anything. Um, he's very involved with sports and school. So he had basketball tryouts last week that we had to have him at school early for. He's in choir, um, he's in baseball currently, so he stays pretty active. And I think that's a great, um, outlet for him, you he know, for guys to be, really- yeah. Keep him as involved as possible. Is he aware of his mom's issues or drug issues and things? Does he know? Yeah, he knows a little bit of the yeah. stuff. We obviously didn't go into detail, but you know, there was, um, the, there was a baby that actually tested positive. So she has a total of three kids and the youngest, which is nine months, tested positive for meth. And so, um, I think his dad did say something about that, not thinking, you know, um, because that's what kind of got us to have that full custody. So, um, but we, we don't talk about it. Um, we don't, you know, because we do have to go back to court regarding this and he will have to talk to the judge. So we are very careful about what we do say. Um, yeah. 
to him. So that's another reason why we need to get him in counseling because we don't really feel like we can and we don't know what we can and cannot say because we don't want to jeopardize our case by being too much information. Um, So that's kind of where we're at with him. But I mean, he's... He's happy. He's smiling. You know, he—he's—I well, bet he seemed he, down and fat. Yeah, he probably feels so much better being with you because there's probably more stability, more structure, better routine, and he just feels probably much more all around safe at your house. So I'm sure that it's going to be wonderful for him. I just know that with changes going on, it's difficult for any kid, especially in the preteen age. So I'm glad, you know, you guys sound like you're doing an incredible job at raising these kids and doing what you need to do despite just events going on around you that you have no control over. You have no control over your ex not seeing your daughter. You have no control over what your husband's ex is doing. And and you have to find a way to make it work, even with right. you know everybody around you just acting out in whatever way they want to. You guys have to find a way to make it work in your own house, and it sounds like you're doing that. Um, and kind of uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about something a little bit more light um, that I think you are challenged with lately because we spoke before uh, that a lot of families have also, which is co-parenting in your own house now. So. Co-parenting in your own house, parents have different styles of parenting. Everyone does. I don't care who you are. Nobody parents exactly the same way. Um, But in your particular situation, which is actually similar to my own, is that you are a little bit more strict and dominant, and your husband is a little bit more laid back and more friend than disciplinarian, Mm -hmm. right? Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. So, and, and that that happens in a lot of houses, um, and especially in a case like yours, where he didn't live, his son didn't live with you guys for the duration. You know, he it was it was not permanent custody situation. So when that happened, similarly in my house, when Sean got the kids over here, he was used to being the weekend dad. He was used to being the fun dad. And then all of a sudden they were here permanently full time and he had to be strict disciplinarian dad. And that was really hard. And he's still struggling with it now. And it's been, let's see, our son's been here now for over two years and his daughter for over one. So it's not that much time. And he's still struggling with it, but he's really starting to understand the importance of learning how to put his foot down. So tell me what's going on in your house. How are you seeing this play out in your house? Um, I, I think for the most part that that's been troubling is that, um, I, and maybe I do it as well too. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that I do, but you know, we don't always see what our own kids are doing. And so when I bring things to his attention, we're having some issues with communicating. So I feel like I'm presenting my case well, and he's like, he gets a little bit more tangled into the details. And so I kind of feel like he's using these details to kind of um, manipulate the situation, if you will, um, in a protective manner, you know? Um, so I think that's kind of where things have shifted a little bit too. Um, and then, he, yes, he does let things kind of go by or I'll, when I'll bring something to his attention regarding his son, then he brings things up about my kids. And I'm like, no, no, we're, we're talking about yours right now. This is the situation, you know. And so I think that's that's kind of been the hard part is he's a little bit relaxed. And then when I do bring it up, then he brings up stuff about my kids. Yeah. So then I get frustrated. 
Well, yeah, because yeah. that's common because people just automatically get on the defensive when you bring up something about their child. It's just an automatic, the walls kind of go up and people put on their defenses. And that's a really common situation. It happens in my house too all the time. So, I mean, it's just completely normal. What are the kind of things that you disagree about? Is it discipline? Is it um, chores? What is it? I would say, um, we, you know, we've got a couple of kids that like talk back sometimes, you know, we give direction and then they want to talk back, you know, and then that was one that was actually just the other day. So my kid had said something, talk back to me and he caught it and then he, you know, stuck up for me. And then, um, there was a conversation that was missed. He didn't hear the whole thing. And so I brought it to his attention and he, that he kind of deflected, you know, yeah. and so that's kind of <clears throat> where it's been. I think we've, it's like we go through waves, if you will, we'll be doing really good. We'll be kind of like meshing, you know, and then I don't know if a rock is thrown, if you will. And then we're like kind of off course for a minute and then we got to get back on. So I kind of think that we just had an off week last week or, or yeah, this is Saturday. And uh, so we just need to, you know, kind of get back and realigned and we have a little come to Jesus meeting, if you will, and try to have some clarity of why we're getting defensive. And then we, you know, go on with our day. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, communication is key for everything that goes on, especially in a blended family. But it's so important when it comes to the kids, when you communicate, and I'm not saying that you do this, but I'm talking to the listeners. It's like, it's, it's hard. You have to watch the way that you say things. And and I would mm-hmm. never lead with, like, your son or your daughter did this. Like, because as soon as you do it that way, the walls come up. So it's better to use conversations like, you know, I overheard this or, uh, you know, something happened today. It made me feel upset. Um, but it's just such a fine line the way you have to tread around with, with kids and with your partner's kids because um, it, it can get difficult. And, and it does seem to be a, a like you said, like, well, you're going to bring that up, then I'm going to bring this up. And so that's very difficult. So, yeah, just keep on communicating. And I always tell people when the communication gets heated, take a break regroup, walk away for a minute um, because it can get tough. And I always say definitely don't do your disagreements in front of the kids. And again, not not talking about you. I don't know that you're doing that, but I know some people will do that too. And it's important to not disagree with one another in front of the kids because when the kids see that, then they know they have an in and they can use yep. uh, the manipulation tactics in that situation. But yeah, parenting styles, I don't care if you're blended or you're just a traditional style family, you're always going to have parenting styles that are different. And there's usually always one parent that's a little bit more strict than the other one. And that's just kind of the way that it goes. But hopefully as time goes on in your house, you guys will get to a more even playing field. And I'm sure that you're going to see that as your son, your stepson, I should say, as he's living there a little bit longer, um, your husband's going to probably get a little bit more involved with the discipline and change things around a bit. So as long as it's not a terrible situation, you guys are fine. You, you just have to grow through it, you know? Yeah. I'll tell people, mm-hmm. just grow through it. Like, have a disagreement, that's okay. It's fine to disagree about it, but how can you learn from it? How can you grow? And how can you make your relationship better? And that's really all that matters. Um, so the other thing I really wanted to talk about with you, and I think that this is really going to help a lot of listeners who struggle with 
eating. I know this is off topic here, but Courtney, you have a nutrition degree, and I find that interesting because I get emails and calls all the time, or, or questions all the time, I should say, about how do I feed these picky eaters in my house? And then now I have a blended family and, you know, my cooking, my kids are fine with, but my stepkids don't like my cooking and they hate it and they won't eat anything that I cook. And what do I do? Nobody in my house will eat the same food. So I want to know from you, Courtney, since you have a nutrition degree, does this help you in your own blended family? Do you, are you able to apply some of that? Tell me about that. Um... Yeah, I guess. I Let me just say this. I grew up, I don't know if this makes a difference or not, but my family is ma- mainly German. And, we, and granted, they grew up during the Depression and what have you. So we wasted nothing. And we grew up having a, um, a garden and things like that. So we ate everything. Um, but now as the kids have gotten older, you know, they don't like onions or they don't like tomato, you know, chunks of tomatoes and stuff. So what I do with things like that is I puree things, um, like soups and stuff like that. I'll puree it down if it's a little bit chunky, um, or just cook it a little bit longer or hide it in like spaghetti sauce, um, things of that nature. But I, I make what I like to eat. I'm not going to make separate meals and they will learn to like it. (laughs) I know that might sound a little bit harsh to parents, but you're, you're in control. You know, they, you have to think like your job as a parent is to raise strong, healthy kids. And if you're letting them eat just chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese, and not to say that we don't, because my kids had chicken strips today, I won't even lie, but you know, you have to, you have to feed them these nutrients that they need. All these nutrients have a purpose. That's why we have them. Um, and that's why people in other countries, you know, are malnourished because they don't have these things, you know, accessible to them. So your, your, your job is to provide a healthy meal. And if you're not making them, you know, find something that they can, they'll eat, then, you know, you're not helping them to build them up to be strong individuals. Um, but there's different ways of cooking too. You know, you don't have to steam the crud out of it and then it's bland. Like I love roasting vegetables. I use a lot of different seasonings, um, garlic, onion powder, salt, smoked paprika are some of my favorite spices to use. Um, but I just, I just kind of geek out. Like I went to school because I love food. I am such a foodie. I know as cliche as that can sound, like I like to cook food. I like to go grocery shopping. Like I am inspired by food. Um, so have fun with it. I think if you can get your kids interested in food and cooking, that's a great way to start because then they're a part of the process and then they feel like they have conquered something. They made something, you know, so get them, you know, a part of the process. You know, obviously they can't do the cutting and stuff depending on the age, but find something age appropriate that they can, um, partake in and let them, you know, feel the accomplishment of making a meal or taking them and go grocery shopping and let them smell the different herbs and touch the stuff and talk to them about it. Cause it's a great teaching tool also. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's so frustrating going out now and seeing that the organic food and the food that's good for you. Cause we try to do clean eating here at my house as much as we possibly can, but it's so expensive to, you know, mm-hmm. you go through McDonald's, for instance, and you want to order a burger and fries off the dollar menu, but then if you want a salad, it's $8, you know? And so it's very right. difficult to feed your family healthy meals when you're out. And so I think the best thing to do is cook at home when you can. And I know it's really 
hard for families these days because everyone is so busy. And I'm one to say, like, I have not cooked. Well, I cooked yesterday, but I don't I don't cook a lot anymore. But of course, my mother-in-law lives here and she tries to fill in with some of the cooking when she can. And my kids are older, so they can prepare. I've got some kids in the house that can all prepare their own food if they need to. They don't make big meals, but they can make themselves something. But it's very, very difficult to try to create balanced nutrition meals that everybody likes. And like, I have a gluten-free child in my house now. We just found out she needs to eat gluten-free, I think like about a year ago. And so that changes the game here too. And so what I try to do is as much as I can, make everybody gluten-free so I don't have to make a separate meal just for her. But sometimes that's difficult to do because again, the gluten-free pasta, well, I don't even like the Mm -hmm. gluten-free pasta. It kind of falls apart, but you know, everything Mm -hmm. is just more expensive. So it's difficult when kids have different nutritional needs. Do you have any tips for families like that, that, that have children or people in the family that, you know, maybe one's diabetic or maybe somebody's on a diet. So how do you, how do you work as from a nutritionist standpoint, how do you work around it when everybody maybe has a different diet or different needs? Well, um, you know, we really don't need the bread (laughs) or the pasta or all the grains. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it's comfort food, but it's not a big necessity, you know? So maybe instead of doing spaghetti, maybe doing spaghetti squash, mm-hmm. you know, that's an easy maybe switch. I love it. My kids love it. Um, and as far like the diabetic, um, you know, again, if you're cutting out those grains and not eating a lot of uh, grains or, you know, cookies and cakes, we, we really don't carry that much stuff like that in our home. Um, we do have lots of Halloween candy right now. I won't even lie. And I'm like <laughs> screaming inside because we still like, you know, we have, like I said, we are not a perfect family at all, but it does sit in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, we'll have this for a little bit longer and then we'll get rid of it. But I don't like to keep that stuff on hand a lot. I do try to ma- I do try to meal prep on Sundays, um, time permitting, um, and I'll make a few different meals um, and then throw something in the freezer to help with time. But I think if we could encourage our families to eat more vegetables, you know, get some good fruits too in there, but more of the vegetables, good meat, um, you know, chicken and turkey and, you know, and I love soups. I, and this is, you know, now it's my season. So I've, I've been making soups and I'll freeze stuff. So you can easily throw something in the crock pot and then have, you know, you can, you know, have two th- two things going at the same time and then like freeze something and then that will help with the time management as well because it can get overwhelming when you have kids and sports and everything else going on. I'm like, I don't even know what we're doing tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then we will be running through a drive through of some sort. And so we're trying, we're also working on our budget. So we, we've been really working on trying to cook as much at home and, you know, I'm, I'll buy stuff. Like I like to have a full pantry and now I'm actually going through my pantry and saying, okay, what can I make this now? Like I bought it. Now it's time to use it. So that's kind of the headspace that I'm in right now. That's good. Yeah. I need to get back to my weekly meal planning. I used to do that and I used to even pack lunches for Sean and I for work and I've been falling away from it because I've been so busy and I haven't had time to do anything. But I noticed that since I've fallen away from it, there are not rounded meals in my house. Everyone's just grabbing whatever. And me personally, I'm a vegetarian. So like, I'll make sure that there's food for everybody else. And sometimes I won't eat because I don't have time to make a separate meal for myself. And it's extremely frustrating. And like you said, if without a budget, like I went to the store yesterday, I finally went food shopping. I haven't gone because I always send Sean. I finally went and we spent 
probably $300 yesterday between two stores for food. And I'm telling you, that's probably only going to get me till maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, and I'm going to have to go back. So I agree. Budgeting is important. I've fallen off the wagon, but I got to get back on. Uh, but thank you for, for the tips because I know that everybody... That's like one of the hot button in everybody's house is like mealtimes and eating and finicky eaters. And, you know, I always tell stepmoms, like, if your stepchildren don't like your cooking, don't take it personal. It's not, it's not that they don't like you. It's not that your food is bad. They're just, some kids are just used to a certain way of cooking and their palates aren't as expanded as ours are. And it takes them sometimes multiple times to be exposed to a food before they really start enjoying that food. So... Don't worry. I mean, would you agree with that, Courtney, that sometimes they need exposure to something to get them to like it? Most definitely. I mean, yeah. my, like I said, I've always fed the, you know, the girls vegetables and stuff where, you know, Hunter doesn't, he's not used to eating that. He's, yeah. you know, unfortunately kind of grown up on always like chicken nuggets and macro, you know, just kind of easy or going out to eat, you know? And so he's not, from what I understand, I don't know for sure, but he's just not used to home cooked meals all the time. So we do encourage him to try each vegetable. He has to eat a few, you know, but, um, I don't make separate meals. That's for, that's one thing. That's silly. Well, good um, for you. Cause I know a lot of people do that. A lot of people will do that to make the kids happy. And I agree. It's, it's, I used to do it too. I'm going to be honest at the beginning when we first blended, that's what I would do just to make sure that everybody was happy. And then I stopped doing it. Of course we have grandma that lives here. So she'll sometimes sneak out and make the kids a grilled cheese or whatever. This was back then. Now, you know, everything seems to be much more smooth that they're older. But um, Courtney, are you in our Facebook group? I forgot to ask you. I am. Okay, good. So for the listeners, if you guys want to connect with Courtney, um, we actually... uh, I'm not releasing her last name on this show, but just let me know if you want to connect with her for anything on nutrition, and she could probably help you, I'm sure, because uh, I know, yeah. Courtney, a lot of people have questions about that. Um, so we're wrapping up towards the end of our conversation, but I always ask my co-hosts the five main questions before we go, and so I'm going to be asking you, Courtney, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So question number one is, what is the thing you love most about your blended family? We are all competitive and we have, we love playing games, um, especially when we go to Chris's mom's house. So I think that's probably one of my favorite thing is playing games and just going and doing stuff like that. I love that. What are, what are your favorite games to play as a family? Uh, we're playing this, um, this Uno game right now, but it's like, it's not the regular Uno. It has kind of like truth or dare component to it as well. Um, and then there's another game. It's, it's kind of like apples to apples, but you actually write out your answers and I can't remember the name of it. It's like one of those clearance finds that you're like, is it going to be worth it or not? But it ended up being a a lot of fun. So we play that whenever we go to his mom's house. That's great. And then we're, we're debating on starting our own little kick. Uh, kickball team. (laughs) Oh, that'll be really fun. You know, I think it's great that you're getting all the kids involved in that. You know, uh, a game that I just recently discovered that I think is really fun to play with kids is it's called, it's actually a really old game. Um, It's called Imagine If. Have you heard of that one? Yes. That's a fun one for kids to play. Um, So you guys might want to check that out. That's in fact, maybe I'll Maybe I'll do that as one of my giveaways um, on a future show because it's really fun. 
Um, okay, moving on. Question number two is, what is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? Um, I think it's just the small things, the, you know, conversations sometimes are a little bit challenging, um, especially, you know, I'm trying to build a relationship with um, my stepson. And so our times have been in the morning when I get to drive him to school. Um, so we, I've been trying to, you know, think of different things to ask him questions about, you know, he had basketball tryouts last week. So we've been talking a lot about that and, you know, I'm just trying to get familiarized with his classes. So, um, but I think that's been the, the, the biggest challenge for me personally is, you know, just trying to Obviously, I'm not trying to replace his mom, but just to be a good female role model in his life. Yeah, and I think you're doing that. And I think it just takes time for him to get really comfortable because there has been a lot of changes. But you definitely sound like you are on the right track for that. Um, next question, number three, is if you knew then, Courtney, what you know now, what is one thing you would have done differently when you first got together and blended? Mm. I think we should have probably had more conversations um, about what specifically. I can't answer that because I'm not really quite sure. But I think we just, you know, com com communication's key, you know. And so just learning everybody's communication styles um, would be one thing I think that we could probably have worked on a little bit more. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. You know, a lot of people at the beginning of a relationship, when you get together, you're just in this different stage of the relationship where you're really blissful and happy and you don't want to think about challenges. They're not there at that point. So you don't think those conversations need to be had. And then all of a sudden you're together, you move in together and things get challenging. And then you realize that you never had those important conversations. So that's a really good tip that you brought up that I want other listeners to, to hear, especially if you're new have the conversations now at the beginning of your relationship before challenges come up. You know, you can do hypothetical things like what happens if this happens and how are we going to deal with this challenge or that challenge? And, you know, not that you want to set up for disaster, but it's good to know how you're going to communicate and how you're going to work together when, when things come up because it's not if they come up, it's when and because there are always going to be challenges. So that's a great tip. Uh, number four, what's something you know you're doing right in your blended family, something that you're really proud of? We put God first. Um, we are really involved with our church, um, but we're working on being, you know, doing things in our home too. But I think putting our faith in God and showing that <clears throat> that that's the important thing for our family, um, because we've really needed that strength through all these different things that we've been walking through. Um, not only his strength, but the strength of the people that are around us that we go to church with um, has helped us through a lot of stuff. So we are really blessed to have that network of friends to help us through the different struggles that we've gone through in the last six months. Yeah, people need to hold on to something. And, you know, some people, if you're not religious, maybe you're spiritual, but you know, you hope that somebody believes in a higher power out there, whatever that is for you, you know, for you, you're, you have your faith, everybody has something different they believe in, but it really does help, especially when things get rough to hold on to something. Uh, number five, if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? Um, well, it's, to work on your budget together as a husband and wife or wh wherever you're at in your relationship. Um, Chris and I are in, 
almost finished doing um, the Dave Ramsey program at our church. And there, I know there's other programs out there, but working on a budget, having communication about your spending, um, it brings up a lot of different things because it goes into insurance and, you know, all these other things. And those are conversations that we haven't, we hadn't had yet. And so not only is it getting us on the same page financially, because that's one big stress in relationships is finances and, um, having, you know, debt and all this other stuff. So we're getting our debt taken care of. So we don't have that hanging, you know, in the back of our head, but we're having conversations about important things in life so that we're not worried about these things down the road. Well, that is amazing advice because that uh, that's the new business that we've gotten into is helping people with their finances and teaching them how to budget and teaching them how to have proper protection set in place, such as insurance. And, you know, people don't think about that. I personally didn't think about it for most of our relationship until recently we realized we we're getting older and it, it was really scary actually looking at our situation and realizing that we had not prepared for anything in a proper way. And so that's what we're doing now. And I'm making it my personal mission to help other families do the same because I don't want people to struggle like we had to because we didn't know. It was something that we didn't do that we we neglected at the beginning. So that's excellent advice. Um, And everybody needs to listen to that advice for sure. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show today to share your personal experiences. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was a great experience for me as well. Thank you. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.